Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Talking purple right now on The Ride with Roycey. Ben Gessling covers the Vikings. Here with Ben Gessling. Ben Gessling joining us now. It's Viking Star Tribune beat writer Ben Gessling. Ben Gessling's with us. Uh, covered the Super Bowl yesterday, of course. Uh, wrote the uh, lead for the Star Tribune. I still refuse to believe we saw saw more yards accumulated yesterday than any game in NFL history. I don't believe that stat. Uh, more than any Super Bowl in NFL history. I, I, don't, thought, I, don't it was more, I thought it was more than any game, wasn't it? I thought uh, it was more than any game, but maybe I'm I, wrong. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't look it up. On that level, I, I know um, it was the most for any Super Bowl. Oh, they oh heavens, that, yes. Yeah. I, they hit that by the middle of the third quarter. It was, as uh, Andrew Kramer said, it, it felt like a Big 12 football game. Yeah, it, it did. You know? we, all, we all had the same thought. It was Baylor, uh, Baylor with Bryce Petty against uh, Pat Mahomes with uh, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. It was under, yep. What happened? How come? Uh, now it's beginning to, there's there's more to this Malcolm Butler story than meets the eye, obviously. Supposedly marijuana, and I mean, those are the rumors flying around. But uh, what how how could I? I guess I'm having a harder time believing that the Eagles left so many guys completely wide open. Is that just playing so much man to man? What the what the hell happened? They had a lot of busted coverages. Yeah, they really did, and I think a lot of it was you know I, I, yeah they were playing man, and, and Tom Brady is certainly going to pick that apart. And they they play a lot of single high safety stuff anyway, but. Uh, you know, I mean, just all the the downfield plays. It was really pretty remarkable how often he was able. To, I mean, both teams, but certainly him, because you don't associate a him and b his receivers with with downfield speed quite as much. And especially you know, after Brandon, especially after Brandon Cooks goes out of the game. Right, right. I mean, the fact that they were able to hit so many of those really was, you know, I guess it shows you that you can make plays on that defense if if you have the right, you know. Offensive, I mean, it, you know, part of it, I think, too, was how much protection both yes. teams got. I mean, there was yeah. no pressure on either one of those quarterbacks. And the big thing with the Eagles, their claim to fame defensively, is they can get home with four, right? They can at least yeah. hurry you with four, and they did not hurry him until finally Brandon Graham knocked the ball out of his hand. Yeah, and, I, you know, my, my story for the, for the Super Bowl section that we did on Sunday, I, I kind of talked about, if there's been a recipe to beat Tom Brady in a Super Bowl, it's been what the Giants have done, where you can get to him with four, and that's kind of the, the trump card that any NFL defense can play on a quarterback, but that certainly has been the recipe for beating Brady, is you can affect him that way. And, and the fact that 
they didn't do that and still won the game. I mean, a lot of that to me is a credit to Nick Foles, credit to Doug Peterson for saying, I'm going to keep going after you. And, and that really, you know, it turned into the kind of game where their offense had to go win it for them, which I didn't think was going to be the way it went. But, uh, I mean, give Foles credit, give that offense credit for, for standing up to the task and, and you know, staring the giant in the face and knocking him down. I was amazed that, uh, that uh, Belichick didn't go on fourth and a foot down there because you knew right then. You already knew it was only nine to three, but both teams were running up and down the field. You knew that you needed touchdowns, and the fact that he they didn't get the field goal, but the fact they were settling for a field goal shocked me because it was a foot. Yeah, yeah, and it had that feel early of the game, the kind of game where you were going to have to be you know, scoring every time down. I mean, you saw Doug Peterson do it too, where he, you know, he clearly thought that. I mean, you could argue with the decision to to keep chasing points on, you know, after they missed the. Yeah. The extra point, and then he, you know, goes for the two point conversion and, and misses that too. You can argue that that probably was a little foolhardy and a little early to do that, but he certainly thought this is going to be the kind of game where every point is going to matter. And in the end, I mean, you know, if they they've been able to punch it in there, then you're only down four instead of eight at the end of the game, and, and you don't. I mean, you're still going to have a hard task to, to get in yeah. the end zone, but if you do, you win the game, and you're not just trying to tie it. And, and send it to overtime. Uh, the cliche is, but I think it's more than a cliche, is the Eagles weren't afraid to beat him. Peterson wasn't afraid to beat him. He, you know, so many teams have had him beat. Jacksonville most recently, Atlanta last year, uh, uh, other teams, that, and pulled their punches, tried to sit on the lead. Uh, and Philadelphia said, nah, we're going to, they're going to keep attacking the whole game. Yeah, and, and the the analogy I used in the first paragraph of my story is it felt like Bob May and Tiger Woods at Valhalla yeah. trading birdies. And, and what do we always see with Tiger Woods in these situations? You get the guy that hasn't been there, and, and Woods gets hot, and it's like, okay, I, you know, I they start getting in their heads. And, and you see that happen with – you saw it certainly happen with the Falcons last year. You see it happen with the Jaguars. I mean, some of these teams that have been through it, and now with Tom Brady. And, and you know, Teddy Bruschi, I was talking to him last week, and he said a lot of these inexperienced teams – don't realize how much time there is still left in a game for something to happen. And and Doug Peterson, whether he realized that based on what other teams had done, I, I think a lot of that was his approach the whole season. We certainly saw him do that against the Vikings, and I think that's how he's going to handle things as a coach. But, I mean, that a lot of times I think is the approach you have to take against a team like that to say, forget it. We are not going to let your resume and what you've done in the past affect what you're doing right now. You're going to have to prove you're still that good and come beat us and, Tom Brady was certainly very good, but uh, you know the fact that the Eagles were as aggressive as they were, yep. you know, was a difference. Well, the these third down plays are just unbelievable. What they've done against the Vikings and now the Patriots. What ten and ten out of fourteen was it against the Vikings and yeah. something like? And now they were they were about the same yesterday, right? Yeah, I mean, and against the Vikings too, it's ten out of fourteen against the defense yeah, that had right. been better on third downs than anybody in the league since nineteen ninety one. So, I mean, they they. Yeah, it's it's an impressive operation. I mean, you know, you, <laughs> you you know, and I think Jeff Scoggins wrote it, and he and I certainly talked about it. It's once you set aside their fans, and you know, every yeah. fan base has that. They certainly have more of them, but it is a it's an impressive operation. They have a lot of likable guys. Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator, the old yeah. backup for Jim Kelly, was a lot of fun to talk to this week, and they just I they get it, and and offensively, they certainly get what they have and to do. They're with very the personnel they have. 
they're very big in this. I, they call them analytics, but they aren't really hardcore analytics. They're analytics about going for it on fourth and two and stuff like that. They're very into that stuff, uh, which is kind of take becoming all the rage here in football too. It it is, and I, I the the thing I will give them credit for with that is, I mean, the, the numbers certainly show that you should do that over time, and as that becomes the conventional wisdom, they're probably at less risk of this. But in my opinion, it's always coaches always don't do it because they're afraid of what's going to happen if they fail. They're afraid of getting asked about and the, the second guessing that comes in and, and the, the, the you know the missed opportunity that can come you know, come as a result of that, but. Over time, I mean, it's like in a baseball season. If you, if you do it enough over time, you're going to come out ahead more often than not. And, and Doug Peterson, I think, in a lot of situations says, okay, this is what the numbers say. And, and to give him credit for in the times that that he goes and tries it, you know that there's a possibility it won't work and you'll have to face the music, but he goes and does it anyway. Uh, oh boy, they got themselves a great asset now in Foles because, I mean, it's uh, people are saying, well – you know, what are they going to do with Carson Wentz now? Well, they're going to play him. Uh, but now you got you got a year left on Foles, right? They they got him. Yeah. They signed him into a two-year deal. They yeah. can trade him for a two, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the stock is certainly as high as it's going to be. I mean, it's a little bit like Case Keenum in the sense yes. of, you know, he had this great year, and you still know that over the course of his career he hasn't been that great, but – the question a lot of people will have to ask, I think, is is he is he this good or is he just this good in the system for a limited amount of time? I mean, that's always the evaluation you have to make. But yeah, from the Eagles' perspective, certainly you try to to sell high. I mean, you know, Doug Peterson didn't want to get into it this morning, but I mean, come on, Carson Wentz is going to be a starting quarterback yes, there. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he would have been a league MVP if he'd stayed healthy. Yeah, and uh, what what did surprise me about Foles? He's got more arm than I thought. I mean, he he's, he throws a. 20-yard ball on a line when uh, when he has to, when he wants to. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a bigger arm than Keenum does. I mean, yes. you know, we keep talking about those two guys together because they used to be teammates, but Keenum's more mobile, um, and I think Keenum has probably, over the you know, certainly over the course of this year, played at a, at a higher level than Folt in the time that he was in there in the regular season. But Folt had that great year when he first became the Eagles starting quarterback where he had like 27 touchdowns and two interceptions or something. And So, I mean, he's a guy that, Somebody may take a look at him and say, "We do have some uh, somewhat of a past of him doing it, and you know everybody's desperate enough for quarterback play, and you have enough coaches that have that mentality of I'm going to be the one to get it out of him. It would not surprise me at all if somebody you know gets it in their head that okay, if we if we give up a decent high pick for him, you know this could be our guy or at least a bridge to the guy that we draft later on." Howie Roseman threw a little salt in the wound there on the Bradford trade oh, man. Uh, in the in the Star Tribune story where he said, uh, yeah, well, not only did we get the number one, and is it a third rounder or whatever, fourth rounder? Fourth rounder this year. Uh, number one and fourth rounder, but they were trying to sign Alshon Jeffrey. They cleared us of the money for us to sign Alshon Jeffrey, and they no longer had the money, so he basically said they gave us Alshon Jeffrey, too, which was, uh, that had to hurt Spielman's feelings. Probably, and, and the Vikings had some interest in Alshon Jeffrey last spring yeah. as well. So, yeah, that's what I I'm mean, saying, yeah, yeah. There were a lot, and then Derek Barnett, the guy they took, has, yes. a, has a strip sack and, and had a very impressive rookie season. So, I mean, that, that trade, for me, continues to be one that is hard to put into the proper context, because the the numbers and, and the way it's played out, unequivocally the Eagles won it. There's no question about that. But it was always going to be the kind of trade that was going to be hard for the Vikings to win unless 
they shot the moon with Sam Bradford and he took him to the Super Bowl last year. You probably were not going to come out ahead on that. And I get why they did it. You know, at the time, do you do it? I mean, if you had to do that again in the same situation, do you do it again? Probably, I guess. And, you know, you could make a case that you go for a guy that you don't have to give up a first runner to get. I mean, you could, you could play all those scenarios out and we have the benefit of, of hindsight, which, you know, we of course don't at the time, but, yeah, I mean the 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 pure math of it. The Eagles certainly won that trade, and uh, it doesn't mean the Vikings shouldn't have made it, but it certainly is a big reason why the Eagles were where they were this season. Yeah, it's uh, it is uh, hard to believe uh, that even watching them play Atlanta, you know, when in the first round of the playoffs, yeah, they were just they were just trying to hang on. They weren't taking any chances. They were trying to win a defensive struggle. And it, it is incomprehensible to me to, to compare that to these two offensive performances they finished with. It's just incredible. Yeah, and, and I guess that's one of the things you look for in an NFL team, right? I mean, the ability yeah. to win games more than one way. It's not that their offense was that great. I mean, Nick Foles was efficient that night against Atlanta, and yeah. you know, there were, I think there was a lot of you know, people flipping around, and that probably affected at least some of the scoring in that game. But they were able to shut down a, an offense that was you know, scoring 500-something points last year, and then they blow the Vikings out and then win an offensive duel with the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean, I guess in some ways you have to give them credit for saying, we can beat you a number of different ways, and oh, by the way, it's without our MVP caliber quarterback. All right. Hey, thanks, Ben. Sounds good. Okay, Ben Gessling, uh, among the uh, Star Tribune uh, folks who uh, did some great stuff involving this uh, Super Bowl. Uh, 20-page special section on Sunday and 14 more pages on Monday. That's a lot of newsprint devoted to the Super Bowl, but uh, a lot of good stuff in there, too. Uh, We'll be back. This is the Ride with Ricey. In the game. First and ten at the 21. Foles under center. He comes right back to Blunt. Blunt across the track. We have brought back sports person of the day. Thank God. I'm not sure we're fully committed to it, but we're experienced. <laughs> and it. sometimes we might forget. And we're experienced. We've, that's been known. In fact, we were thinking of adding this segment, what we forgot to talk about today. But LaGarrette <laughs> uh, Blount is the sports person of the day after Sunday Super Bowl here in the Twin Cities. You know what I love about him? He's proof that character issues are overrated. That's true. Right. LeGarrette Blount. When he was ripping down the field on that 21-yard run Mm -hmm. and nobody wanted anything to do with tackling him, do you think anybody cared about his character issues? You don't uh, think anybody thought about the time he played for Oregon and tried to knock out a player from Boise State? He did knock out a player (laughs) from Boise State. He He sucked him a good one. He did. He did. And by the way, that caused him to go undrafted Mm -hmm. in the NFL, even though he was a first-rounder before that happened. I'll never forget when he was playing for the Buccaneers, that crazy run he had at Lambeau Mm -hmm. where he broke like 12 tackles for like a 60-yard touchdown. He is... uh, Last year, he goes for New England. He goes for, uh, let me look it up. He goes for 1,161 yards, 299 carries. In the postseason, he goes, uh, you know, goes for another 130 yards. He's their main back, and they won't give him a contract. 
They, they went and talked. They went and signed this Gillisley instead, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They won't give him a contract. He's he's a two time expatriate. They had him, got rid of him, brought him back, right? Yeah, because the first time they had him, he left and went to Pittsburgh, and then yes, he, he was left Pittsburgh, and went back to New England. Yeah. He was there in thirteen, went to Pittsburgh, then he and Le'Veon Bell uh, got got stopped driving day before training camp opened, right? Yep. I believe they so. Day before yep. training camp, and apparently when the uh, police pulled them over and they opened the windows, there was a a cloud of a cloudy substance <laughs> a coming cloudy out of the substance. window. And uh, <laughs> so the Pittsburgh basically let him go at the end of that year, and New England brought him in. And Le'Veon got go, suspended they, because they of that. Him, they picked him up during that season, mm-hmm. New England in 2014. Yeah, and then they let him go again. And uh, and he ended up in Philadelphia helping them win. And he was running with a little extra juice uh, yes, yesterday, didn't you think? I mean, each time they gave him the ball, it was like, oof, I really want to tackle him. You know what he's listed at? Six foot, 250. Yeah. Six foot, 250. Do, 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 do we know how Andrew Sandejo is doing after that, uh, yes. after LeGarrette? Trucked him in the NFC yes. Championship game. Yes, Laguerre. He is. He's uh, one of the last of the great, great power runners. You know, he's a, the poor man's Earl Campbell. Well, and know? it goes to show you too that you know when they went out to go get Ajayi from Miami, that Peterson had a vision for his backs. I want you know bowling balls to yeah. smash through people because well, that's. And, and the amazing thing about yesterday is Corey Clement might have played two plays against the Vikings. Right, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. wasn't. They, I kept wondering why they. I kept wondering even if he was active, and then yesterday, they have him on the field half the time, and including throwing the touchdown. How many passes did he? Catch? He caught like a lot, four or five passes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, another, uh, as I said on Twitter, and I, you know, I felt kind of bad about this, but I had to do it anyway. That uh, James White scored another touchdown, and then Corey <laughs> Clement. This. This Corey Clement. Scored, you know, had sure. the big day, and mm-hmm. I said, Badgers ripping it up, tearing it up in, in Minneapolis. That's not unusual. <laughs> <laughs> you even had to troll Gopher fans yeah. at the Super How Bowl. How about James White, though? What a, he's scored seven touchdowns in his last four playoffs. He scored three touchdowns yeah. last year. He was good again and, yesterday, yeah, too, man. Was, they, they didn't. Of course, they... They got in another one of those situations the second half. They just never ran. Never. They just threw the ball all mm-hmm. over the place. But he's but, so good in the passing game too that he can be a factor there too. James I just. Lagarde Blount's thirty now, and he'll be somewhere else next yeah, year. Yeah, he'll be on a one-year deal somewhere next year. I just yeah. saw a number. Can this possibly be true? Tom Brady has thrown for twenty-seven hundred yards in the Super Bowl. That sounds about right. Well, eight of them. At 505 eight of, yesterday. Eight of them, so that's an average of three. Well, what? Well, wow. think about this. Almost 1,000 in the last two Super Bowls alone. Yes. I mean, because he had 460-some yeah, right. last yeah, year. He, had, wow. the, he yeah. had the record, you know, and then he Going into this yesterday. game, yeah. yeah. But those ha- those numbers at the end of the third quarter would have astounded me. I All of a sudden, somebody said, you know, they got five. <laughs> So, you know, they've already set the Super Bowl record for total yardage. I got to check, by the way, if that I thought that I saw that this I, was the most I'm with you. Ever. I thought I now, saw ben, that, too. You know, things are so chaotic as they're sure. putting out numbers and stuff. 
But uh, I thought I saw that it was the most yards ever in an NFL game. I thought I saw that as well. That's why I agreed with you mm -hmm. earlier. Because NBC had that during the broadcast, and I know you were there, but NBC had that during the fourth quarter of the game yesterday. He is, uh, and the, and they all, he's the first guy in history to throw for 500 yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions and get beat. The Patriots didn't punt guys? yesterday. They didn't, they didn't even punt yesterday. They didn't punt. The only and they thing, lost. The only thing the punter did was butcher a snap. I thought it was more on him than the snap. I did, too. Yeah, he boxed it. But you know that they had that, they either had powder or paint or something, the dummies, right between the 20s and the 30s. Oh, for the for the yeah. logo, the Super yeah, Bowl the logo. logo. Yeah. Right, at, yeah. right at the, usually put those things off to the side or something. They put them right in the middle. And at the one end, it must have been... Uh, slippery or something. Fresh. Because the last time Gotskowski kicked from down there, he went over to the hash and kicked it from there to stay yeah. out, out of the stuff. You were you you were obviously there, so you weren't able to catch much of the pregame show. But you know who was great, I thought, was John Harbaugh. He was part of the NBC mm -hmm. crew with Dungy and Rodney Harrison and Dan Patrick. And he was pointing out how, you know, the surface and things like that and how this will play into the Eagles' favor because they're more of a sp spread. T he absolutely nailed like seven different things going into that game, and he talked about the surface being one of them, how it benefited the Eagles greatly. I don't think that Jim and John's got the kind of team that's going to win a Super Bowl 41-33, though. No, no prob probably not. Uh, but uh, LeGarrette Blunt, by the way, guys, Yeah, three Super Bowl rings. There's three Super Bowl rings, yeah. Where's the first one? Two, was, two with, with New the England. Patriots. Two yeah. with the Patriots, yeah, because yeah. he was on that team yeah, that right. beat the Seahawks. Yeah, okay. And one right. TKO in college <laughs> yes. football. Ah, the guy probably deserved it. That's true. He had it okay. coming. <laughs> uh, Juco guy, then went to Oregon, and then they made a big deal out of it because he knocked the guy out. You know, and then... Uh, <laughs> And then he didn't get drafted. That's just cra it's, it's yeah, crazy to think. Career, though. He's a first-round talent. Who's in fact, the guy well, he punched, wasn't he a Viking? Uh, Crichton. Scott Crichton? Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was him. I got to find out who it was. You have to look it up. But what always astonishes me is we talk about how big and bruising LeGarrette Blunt is. Played for Chip Kelly. Yeah. At Oregon. Like, Well, he can, you know, he's not slow. Right, no, he's he can. He's, he's fast. Freak, yeah, he's an athletic freak, but uh, he's also our sports person of the day. Yes. That's right, because yes. I love guys with character issues who are out <laughs> kicking ass, man. That's a bonus to be sports person of the day. And here's Johnny Height with a sports update. Thanks. Uh... Well, thanks. This update sponsored by Concordia University Online Learning. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.edu. Bovada released its Super Bowl 53 odds just mere hours after the Eagles beat the Patriots last night in Super Bowl 52. Isn't that kind of like releasing a mock draft the day after the draft is over? Pretty much. Got yeah. it. Uh, not surprisingly, both teams from last night's game are high on the list for next season. The Patriots with the strongest odds of winning next year's Super Bowl at 5-1. to one. Well, the Eagles are tied for second at 9-1. to one. Uh, They're tied at 9-1 to one for second with the Packers. The Vikings check in next at 12 to 1 and rounding out the top 10 the Steelers at 14 to 1 and the Cowboys, Rams, Saints, Falcons and 49ers all at 18 to 1. What? Mm -hmm. The 49 well, I suppose Garoppolo's 
That's pretty good. Good finish to the season. Sure. Uh, the odds, of course, change as the uh, offseason progresses. So outside of the Browns, who had the worst odds? Do you, do you know? I, I did. I looked at the whole list, but I well, guess. Well, it's got to be Cleveland. It's got to be last. They have to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm assuming. Uh, well, Super Bowl 52 did turn into a memorable game for watching. A few Americans apparently were watching. The Eagles' victory over New England. Trump was right, Patrick. The NFL is losing viewers. <laughs> it was watched by an average of 103.4 million oh, people, no. according to Nielsen. That's the lowest viewership of a Super Bowl since uh, the Steelers and the Cardinals played back in February of 2009. However, don't panic yet. Yes. The 103.4 million audience is topped only by the past eight Super Bowls and the 1983 finale of MASH. People so uh, keep trying to figure out the decline in ratings. Cord cutters. Yeah. People watching streaming, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kids watching on their phone. Mm-hmm. It's cord cutters. It's not. They just got $600 million for 11 Thursday night games. You think, <laughs> you think the network's... The networks see them as their only salvation. Yeah. Well, in fact, NBC released a statement today saying, with an all-time top 10 audience, the Super Bowl once again proves it's the most dominant and consistent property on Well, I, uh, I don't know how you turn that one off. How, yeah. you can, how can you yeah. watch that game and turn it off? That's exactly. a hell of a game. Uh, I didn't have any problem at all. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're a strange dude, man. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about Your that. Your tweets were very entertaining mm-hmm. over the weekend, I Kenny. It's the effect of alcohol. Uh-huh. At the end of the 20s. 20... I'm going to go back to all-day drinking. What was the, uh, <laughs> I really was, miss, uh, was the bride out of town, or did you just go down in the basement? Yeah, basement. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Me and tequila in the yeah. basement. <laughs> I did that with Tangeray a few times. At the end of the season. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> The end of the season, Chief 61-year-old assistant head coach Brad Childress hinted at retirement. Well, he is not retiring. I think the Chiefs hinted at his retirement. I don't <laughs> think he did. He is he's not retiring. Uh, he's going to reunite with Matt Nagy in Chicago. He will be the offensive consultant for okay. the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a native of the Chicago area, Childress. He's from the far west suburb Aurora, where he graduated from Marmion Academy and then Eastern Illinois Illinois, University. Eastern Illinois, him and Tony yep. Romo. Childers. And his coach, his high school coach, was mm-hmm. Chuck Dickerson, the uh, defensive coordinator that Smokey Joe brought in to save his job <laughs> in 1983. And then the coach for the Buffalo Bills, who basically taunted the Redskins before the Super Bowl here. Oh, that's fired. right. That was his high school coach, <laughs> Chuck Dickerson. He made fun of the Hogs, right? Wasn't that the bit? Yeah, he did. He was... <laughs> And then they get their ass kicked, and boom, he was, like, gone Tuesday. <laughs> Childress and Nagy worked together for the previous five years in Kansas City on Andy Reid's staff. Chuck came up with the defensive plan to use against Nebraska in uh, in 83. Oh, uh, we were going to go. He was quoted in Sid's column on Saturday morning. We're going to go after him. Sure. To the point they didn't cover Irvin Fryer out in the stat. In the, at the third play of the game, Turner Gill... Urban Fryer's over in the right flat. Uh, nobody's over his, here. Waving his hand at him, and they throw a little pass, and he runs 70 yards down there. Wasn't that the the game, too, where when we had Pete Nigerian here in studio, he, he said, I lost more skin in my elbows than any other <laughs> game in history? Well, he had like 22 tackles, but unfortunately, they were all 14 yards down the field. <laughs> I got him! 84-13. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. As ex- we're going to go after him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As expected, Matt Patricia named coach of the Detroit Lions today. He becomes their 27. 
seventh head coach in franchise history. This is the most lying thing that you can have. <laughs> they hire the defensive genius just after he gave up 550 <laughs> yards to the Eagles. Yeah. The 43-year-old Patricia spent his entire NFL coaching career in New England, starting as an offensive assistant, working his way up to defensive coordinator by 2012. He said in a statement, this position comes with great responsibility, and I will commit every ounce of my energy to this football team. My family's excited to become part of this wonderful city. Baseball note, Bartolo Colon. Yes! Signed him. Cheap pull ads. Yeah, wouldn't re-sign him. He no, signed him. wouldn't re-sign him. Minor league deal with the Texas Rangers. If he makes the Rangers roster, he earns $1.75 million. He'll also have a chance to earn a million and a quarter in incentives. The contract has a March 24th opt-out date for Cologne. We if he can still get to, him. Yep. If he hasn't been added to their major league roster by March 24th, he can opt out of the deal. Pat Levine won't mind doing a deal with his former team, the Texas no, Rangers, to uh, bring Bartolo back with sure. <laughs> Why? Why isn't Darvish signed yet? What's going on? Let's go here. Pitchers I, and catchers I report think, in a week. Yeah, I, I think they want too much length. They want five, six years, and teams want to give them three at big money, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And perhaps lost in the Super Bowl weekend events, Carly Wagner became the fifth player in Gopher Women's Program history to score 2,000 points in her career. Unfortunately, the Gophers lost that game that she did it in. Gophers now 17-6 and six overall and 6-4. They're and going to the tournament. Big 10. Mm. Yeah. Coach Stallings needed this, too. She was going to get fired, but uh, they're, they're having a pretty good year. Yep. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. The Ride with Royce now continues. First of all, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for Late Hits. Philadelphia has decided to hold its parade for the Eagles uh, on Thursday rather than Wednesday. Uh, so they when, can clear all the burning debris? Well, yeah, they got to get the fires out. And then uh, Wednesday also called for rain and snow throughout the day. Uh, the sunshine on Thursday with a high of 32 degrees. They're going to have 5 million people at this one. Oh, yeah. They're going to have the largest crowd ever. Will it top and, the Cubs parade, you think? Eh, I don't know. These estimates are always way, way high. But uh, I don't know. They're going to uh, gather on Broad Street in Patterson and head north to the art museum. Uh, well, just the aerial shots last night after the game was oh, unbelievable. Yeah. How many people were it's out crazy. downtown Philly? The smartest guy down there was, did you see the video of the cop running around cheering and high-fiving everybody? And, you know, the cop, obviously an Eagles fan, excited as hell. And the best way to calm these lunatics down is to join them in the, and, in the yeah. party. If you start resisting them, they'll uh, they'll go crazy. I... Uh, I don't think they burn much, though, right? They tipped oh, over a car. No, they, you haven't seen the gas station video that I'm well, assuming. Well, they did kind of destroy a gas station. Right? And there, there's no, there's been a, a, a lot more than I think you're aware of. Well, some people took advantage of a looting. They did a little looting. Yes. But, uh, you know, what the hell? You only, they hadn't won a championship for 57 seasons. You got to have a little fun. I guess, yeah. Well, you should have a little but violence. But the, the young man Are eating the horse waste was a Are bit we much. Have violence? Of course. I was going to say when the Vikings win the Super Bowl, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, probably not going to happen. But would we? Uh, be, let's see. Yeah, who knows? 10, 15 years from now, who knows what the mood of the country would be if they ever won it? But 
Here's the deal with the Vikings. They only got about 25 years, and then football's not going to exist. <laughs> you know, no, no, I mean that. I mean, the, the, the brats of America aren't playing it. Yeah. yeah. But there's always still going to be – it might not be the quality that it once was or is currently, but it's but still in existence. Got, as long as you got abject drunkenness on Sundays <laughs> it'll, and gambling. Give me something. It'll right? exist, right? <laughs> okay. One, two, three in the basketball ratings. Uh, you know, basketball is generally as predictable, men's basketball, as college basketball as any other sport. But Villanova won Virginia two and Purdue three. Now, Villanova's been up there in the last few years. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of an odd threesome to be at the top of the rankings. Virginia's been pretty solid the last couple of years. Yeah, they are. And they can. Tony Bennett, coach. <laughs> Slow down. What are you doing? Whatever game's so 45 42. You don't need that layup. Bring it back out right. to the top and right. let's pass it around for 10 minutes. There's too many There's too many seconds left on the shot clock. Don't be shooting that ball yet. I watched a little bit of Purdue's game. Who'd they beat over the weekend? Was it, uh, I forget who it was, but. They are really good. I get uh, once in a while people bring up the fact that I'm a little inaccurate on my predictions, but I but I saw that one coming. I I like them a lot. Purdue, well, yeah, Purdue. Purdue. I remember yeah. you saying that. And this kid, the this, the big guy's like monstrous. Yeah. Last year you had the other guy, Swanigan was Swanigan, there last yeah. year. You had yeah, those two guys running into each other, but now you only got one big guy. So, and this, of course, was the highlight of the weekend. St. John's. The St. John's in New York uh, had lost, was uh, 0-11 in the Big East. 0-11 mm-hmm. in the Big East. Had not won since before since December 16th. Oh, my God. Wow. Chris Mullen, what's going on? St. John's 81, Duke 77 at Madison Square Garden on Saturday. We got what we deserved, Coach K said. We weren't able to knock them out after we lost the first 12 rounds of a 15-round fight. Uh, didn't the Gophers beat these guys this year? Or was that last year? St. John's? I can't recall. Was that last year? The it might have been last year. They'd lost 11. Now, I tell you, the Big East is my favorite conference mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there's 10 schools that doesn't care, don't care about anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Uh, but uh, they're 0-11 in the league, and they beat Duke. That's got to be – that's a bad enough loss for Krzyzewski to have back surgery. <laughs> Take himself out of the action mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. Well, that's what he did oh, yeah. one year. He had a terrible team. He had back surgery. And then yeah. poor the late, great Pete Gaudet gets credit in their record book for all the losses. Instead of and, Coach instead K. Instead of yeah. Coach K, who bailed in about December when he knew he had a rotten team. Remember Larry Ustachy? Yes. The uh, great Iowa State coach who got fired just because he was partying at the with college the kids. fraternity yeah. mm-hmm. with the 18-year-olds. At the, where did he stay back? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? I can't like remember. That. I just remember he, the photo, but I can't out. remember. Yeah, that. he was sitting there drinking with him. Well, he's the Colorado State coach now. He's been there for quite some time. He probably succeeded Tim Miles, I would think, when Tim Miles went to Nebraska, I, I would guess. He's been put on leave for the second straight uh, for the second time since he's been out there. This does not involve conduct uh, with uh, young ladies or anything at dorm parties. This is uh, apparently he's a complete. Uh, he has created a culture of fear and intimidation in the 2013-14 investigation. That was the allegation, uh, but he kept his job. 
And uh, apparently that's what's going on again now. The players are saying, wow. I don't know. This is on the school. Saying, you get what you do. You, you hired this guy knowing he had this in, mm-hmm. his, in his past. But again, as a believer in character issues, I've always kind of supported him, but I don't know if he'll make it this time. Hey, Ohio State, which is a surprisingly good basketball team with new coach Chris Holtman, another Butler guy. Uh, has uh, thrown starting guard Cam Williams off the team, at least suspended him indefinitely for violating team rules. Uh, He's been uh, averaging eight points a game. uh, And Ohio State's uh, supposed to play Illinois. uh, Is that tonight? Are they playing him tonight? Yeah. And uh, they got to take him out of the lineup. And Ohio State's the surprise team of the Big Ten. I don't think anybody expected him to be here. No, no. That's good. They, of course, are uh, a step below Purdue. I watched, uh, what did I watch the other night? Indiana and Michigan State is really having a hard time handling the emotions of what's going on there. You think so? They yeah. Are, they are just, you can just see that they're, uh, they've managed to beat Indiana, but they let Indiana back in the game, and you can just see that they're not into it mentally. And Izzo, Bridges did something extremely stupid down the stretch, and Izzo went lipple. Mm. He went a little more short-tempered than I thought, too. So uh, is he, He's not in any trouble, is he, oh, Izzo? Oh, God, yes. You think I he's going to? Well, I'm not sure how bad it's going to get, but I think anybody who works in that athletic department in football or basketball is in trouble because that's where all the, sexual, the alleged yeah. sexual assaults come from. Wow. All right, we'll be back and see if anybody has a daily complaint. On the ride with Roycey, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Manny, what do you got? Uh, It was actually exactly what we were talking about during the break there, sir. The Cleveland Cavaliers (laughs) and Tyron Lue making the the prediction that we're going to make the playoffs. That was the goal when the year started, right? Yeah, that was uh, the the team that's been in the NBA Finals the last three years. The goal (laughs) is just to make the playoffs. Well, talk about no-shows, man. Houston goes in there, and it was... I turned it over in the middle of the second quarter. It was already 25. I mean, they just killed them. They don't guard anybody, and they don't care. They are 0-8 on national television this year. Yes, now the, eight. Uh, now the Fighting Wolves are there on Wednesday night and then go to Chicago, right? Go to Chicago? For yes. Right? Yes, the, uh, for the, the Jimmy, uh, Butler's, Jimmy Butler's, Butler's return to Chicago. And That's since uh, Chris Dunn started playing lousy, they've started losing. Uh, they've lost seven yeah. out of eight. Or they do have Zach Levine back, and I guess yes. he's doing okay. So, Although he's not shooting a high percentage. No, but he's, he's not. shooting. <laughs> he yes, is shooting. He is shooting. Reavers, what do you got? Uh, Randy Moss was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame yes. on uh, Saturday, which was fantastic news for all of us that uh, really loved him and the Vikings growing up. But I... I'm mad at myself for not being there to hear this. This is from Mark Craig of the Star Tribune, your colleague. Yeah, I'm going to bat for Randy knowing he never liked media, but he was entertaining in his defiance. One year he had a dog at training camp. A reporter asked what kind of dog it was. Randy said, quote, Nunya. Reporter said, what kind of dog is that? Randy said, Nunya damn business. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love Randy Moss. Craig, uh, it was up to Craig to make the uh, oh the presentation. The presentation sure, sure. He replaced Sid on the on the committee. He's the Twin Cities guy, but he didn't really take much. Randy Moss, you know, yeah, right? Randy Moss. Here's the numbers, and he, you know, he was an idiot, but not that bad. You know? How, do, do we I'll ever? I'll tell you what made it easier for him, and everybody agrees: the TV. 
the ESPN stuff. Oh, heavens, yes. Absolutely. changes image completely by being on How come we don't find out, like, the percentage like we do with baseball? No, because it's a much more private group. Okay. We complain about baseball being private, but the the football thing is much Sure. Who is going to introduce Randy in Canton? Uh, my guess is Chili. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, no, who's uh, our buddy? Uh, the restaurant. Oh, he... Gus Canucci. Gus Canucci. Gus Canucci. Canucci. Oh, right. well, yeah, Gus will tater, cater the party for him. Gus would do it in two seconds. Yeah, you know he would. I think, I think Joe Buck would be great. Too. Oh, my God. Yeah, would be Joe Buck would be good, too. Uh, what's your daily complaint, sir? My daily complaint is that, uh... When the Super Bowl comes back in 26 years, I got to live to be as old as Sid to see it. I, mean, I don't <laughs> think I, you realize that Sid was 72 the last time we had a Super Bowl here, and now he's still here. It's unbelievable. Hey, I, we'll but, get you. We'll get you inside, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get me a statue. Will you? Can you give me a statue? <laughs> we'll get you one. All right. Old number nine, signing (laughs) off here. I already changed my Twitter handle. (laughs) This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton. Motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.